Hello and welcome back to the IAU podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Paula Wright from Finland, but living in Ireland. Paula represented Finland in the 24-day World Championships in 2019 in Albi, France. And in this episode, I want to talk about Paula's journey to Albi. Paula, welcome to the podcast. And before we start talking about your ultra running, I'd like to take a step back a bit. Were you involved in sport as a child and what was sport like in Finland? Hi, John. Um, thanks a million. Uh, yeah, I don't really, I didn't really do much sport as a younger. In Finland, we we would in school do regular sports. We would do a bit of skiing, a bit of athletics, um, ice hockey and football. So I, I'm from a countryside. So my school would be in small school. So we would have all the age group there doing sports together. Um, so basically that was it. Um, then when I hit the teens, I think I did even less sports. And yeah, after that, it was forgotten for a long, long time. So it was a typical childhood in Finland. And then you became the typical teenager. I I did. I did become a typical teenager I think all the um, sport classes were uh, punishment rather than enjoyment so yeah I wasn't I wasn't the one who wanted to be there or do anything. And how and when did you start running? Um, well I moved to I moved to Sweden 2018 uh, sorry 2000 well, 1998 sorry years go past so quickly so I had to catch up 1998 and then to Ireland I moved 2000 and um, I was working and then I went back to study and I think that stage uh, yeah I kind of got loads of weight and I had my first child and you know it wasn't really on the cards, the sports, and years went past. And then I suddenly realized that I just have to do something. Um, so I really didn't know where to start, what to do, kind of trying to get better fitness. So I um, I started walking, nothing happened. I was thinking, okay, maybe I, if I run a bit, um, maybe that helps. And so I started running a bit more. Uh, it was one lamp post to the other. And so 2012, uh, I started running a bit more. And 2014, I ran my first marathon. And year after, I ran my first ultra. So it kind of escalated very quickly from there. Now, you went from running your first marathon to the first ultra within less than a year. Your first ultra was a 100-kilometer yeah. race in Tralee back in 2015. What made you, I suppose, not, not only decide to do that, but think that you could run that kind of a distance? Because if you were just running from lamppost to lamppost and finding that a bit of an effort, the marathon must have seemed like quite a challenge. And you probably weren't aware at that time that people were actually running distances forward in the marathon. How did you get your head around that? I um, my first marathon was Dublin 2014, so that would have been end of October, um, and I I kind of was under shock afterwards. 
I said to myself, I will never run another marathon in my life. Um, and it took me a few months kind of get over with it. And um, at the time, there was a lot of races um, being organized in Tralee. And I saw this package that if you run 10 miler and if you have run marathon for Patrick's Day in March, you get it for a certain price and beautiful medals to go with it. And I, I was asking more about the race and I booked in. So I went to run my second marathon there. Um, then I realized that the same organizer is organizing a 100 kilometer race. And I saw the belt buckle they were giving to all the participants. And I thought, I really want that buckle. Uh, that was it. I said, I, I want that buckle. I don't know. Uh, I don't care how long will it take, but I will, I will go for it. And my idea was at the time that I will, you know, I will run 25 minutes and I walk five minutes. And that was my training. <laughs> and yeah, I, I went then during that summer, um, 2015, to run the first 100k. You must have really so, needed a belt buckle. I really wanted it. <laughs> So it, it looked so cool. It was just, uh, I want that. <laughs> mm. Right, okay, well, that's a good reason. And then the following year, 2016, you took part mm. in your first 24-hour race. What made yeah. you then think you could run a 24-hour race? I think it was after the 100K, I was thinking that, okay, what next? And the same organizer again uh, in Tralee was organizing the 24-hour race. And I was thinking, okay, if I can do the 100K, I can do 24-hour. Um, certainly, what can go wrong? So that was the next big goal. Well, when you asked that question, what could go wrong, you probably <laughs> didn't ask the right person because a lot of people would tell you that there's quite a lot that can go wrong over the, over the course of 24 hours and almost anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. So, yeah, what could oh, go yeah. wrong? Did anything go wrong during it? Oh, I, everything went wrong. I had no clue. I mean, I went there and I was so, you know, I, I had no plan. Only thing I was thinking is, okay, if I get tired, I walk. And if I, I stop when I stop. And I had no idea what will I even have as um, I had everything with me, all sorts of food. But I had no plan like with uh, liquids or how much should I get nutrition per hour or nothing. And I ended up eating stuff which I shouldn't have. So I was feeling pretty sick some stage um i was i tried to go twice to sleep during the night because i thought yeah you have to sleep a bit maybe get yourself you know more energy um and i think i just got very cold because i had tried to go to sleep and i couldn't sleep um and yeah we i didn't have a good lighting there oh, i should have had a better head torch um, I had wrong shoes, my feet were killing me and, but I mean, I, I had to, it went well, 
but I learned. I learned everything so hard way. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned a lot went wrong, but something obviously went right as well because you finished first female and sixth overall. I think there might have been 40 competitors in that race. So mm. you must have realised then that maybe yeah. the longer distances are where my strengths lie. Well, that that is true. Um, I I have a good memory of that race. It was five, five o'clock in the morning. Um, I was there running and the race organizer turned around and he said to me, do you realize you're the leading female? Um, and he, he said, you, you really did a blinder here. And I, I was like, okay. I, I actually, yeah, I had no idea that that was the situation and um uh yeah it it that race really showed me something that i i obviously have a bit of talent for that because i i didn't know myself um and it it was a surprise and i suppose that must have been an amazing feeling because when you crossed yeah. when you finished that race for a moment you must have thought back to how far you've actually come. It's not just that 24 hours. Mm. It's all those years that have led you to that point. And I know a bit of your backstory. So I know mm. how much of a monumental achievement that was. So it must have been incredible to actually have have come yeah. from where you've come from to actually win that race. Absolutely. It was, uh, I, I think, I mean, I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't there to come to win it. I was there to kind of test myself but sometimes and that's was... when it happens it's it's when you you're you're not putting yourself under this extra pressure when you're increasing your levels of anxiety mm. you were probably like a rock climber and your mind was at zero and you were just focusing on the task ahead and just doing it you were concentrating on you rather than what was yeah. going on around you and oh yeah i i had no pressure i had no pressure from anybody i had no um, I had no plan. I had no goal where, how far should I go? I was there to just to, just to see how, how that kind of race can go and how, how, what can I do there? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was the, a mind opener for me that actually I probably have more than that, you know, if I put my head together. And you were right because you did improve on your PB a few times since then and you've ran a lot of other distances. And when I'm looking at, at some of the rate or the amount of races that you do, you probably do more races than training. And then if we jump forward to 2019, you were running in the Energy at 24-hour race up in Belfast. That's where the World Championships was held back in 2017. You're from Finland, but you also run for an athletics club in County Tipperary, Newport Athletics Club. So you were entered into the Irish National Championships and you finished first female in that race. Fairly big race, a lot of competition in it. You were the Irish National Champion for 2019 and you were just shy of the international B standard. You were less than a kilometre off it and would I be right in saying that's what qualified you to run for Finland in the World Championships later that year in Albi, France? Yeah, um, it was a funny one because I, I ran in Belfast 2018 and I had in my head that I want to run 200 kilometers because I knew 
with 200 kilometers, I definitely would have chance to present Finland um, in Albi. And um, that race in Belfast, I was just shy of uh, 200. So I, I ran 198 point something kilometers. And I remember I was, and I, that that time I was second for the Irish championships. Um, and I was so gutted of the fact that I didn't run the 200k that I, you know, I wasn't even celebrating first that I came second. <laughs> and, you know, I was kicking myself. I just remember thinking like, how can you be so close but so far? Um, so with that, I thought I don't have uh, any chance to present Finland. And then a year later, 2019, um, I had applied for the Finnish team. Now in Finland, we have a lot of um, good ultra runners. Obviously, there's a good few my level runners. So I wasn't certain at all if I can get in. Um, but one thing was kind of on my side because same time, around the same time is, is uh, Spartaklon and good few of the ladies were going to go there. Uh, well, I didn't know that. And um, then that week when I ran in Belfast, just short of 220 kilometers, and I, I got the phone call that I think it was Tuesday that week that I, I got to the Finnish team. So I was so happy about it. So when I went to Belfast, I actually, uh, the, the pressure was off because I knew whatever happens there, um, it won't affect my place to present Finland in Albi. So um, maybe that was it. I had a good day then in Belfast because I really had less pressure than I thought I would have in the first place. Yeah, again, that might be your mindset then going into the race. You didn't have that added pressure. And it's it's very refreshing to hear the way you're talking there because you went from not knowing if you could finish the Dublin Marathon to then trying some other distances. You ran your first 24-hour race. You said it was quite challenging. Everything went wrong. And then you were targeting the national team in Finland and you fell short of your distance, and you felt disappointed. So you have kind of come from being a spectator to being a participant to being a competitor, and then you know you're good, and you're still modest and humble about your ability because you're still acknowledging the other runners that are there uh, that have also earned a place on the team and you're still accepting that someone else is there. They're better than you. They're stronger than you. So it, you can kind of see that you are in all round a good athlete, I think, uh, both physically and, and mentally. And, and it's good to hear that human side of it as well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I. It is a competition, of course, but you know, you have to. It is, but you, you're you're respectful. That's please. yeah. It is competition. Yeah. But there has to be respect oh, yeah. as well, and you do see that a lot in ultra races as well. That when we're at these events, that 
members of different teams. They're all so welcoming, friends, people to be helping each other. But still, like it's it's friendly competition. Everybody still wants to beat everyone, but they're still friends at the end of the day. What motivates you to go out each day and run? Are you following your Instagram and you always seem to be running, always? I do run and I, I have running streaks um, a lot. I do um, I do shorter and longer running. You know, it depends on, but what I, I mean, I'm realistic of the fact that I'm not getting younger any day, you know, <laughs> and I mean, now is my time. Now is my time to run and enjoy as much as I can. And I, I've been getting better and better. Not only like ultra running, but I, I like developing developing myself as a runner as whole. You know, I like uh, getting faster, like shorter distances, um, and running different races obviously now this COVID has stopped everything so um before I was you know all the races were my goal this uh past year we can say the whole year I have run nothing no races um I have only trained alone um it's hard it's very hard but I mean, I, I work in an office and I've been working at home now. So after I've been working the whole day, I do feel I need fresh air. Um, I do feel it makes me as a better human being. Um, it, it makes me better More tolerable. And Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, my boss sometimes asks me, how are you so good with people? How how can you listen to them so much? And I'm like, I don't know. And it's like if I go and have a good run, I am in great mood and I can I can take take the life, uh, the good and the bad and everything as it is. You know, you can handle it better. I I, I really think so. Um, so it it's. I think running is good for me as as to me my personality and to my body and you know and I do like challenging myself um and it's I mean life is unpredictable but at least if I can control something it's my own running I can control how I can develop and what I can do and I can you know that's something I have control over and yeah and it it brings me a lot of joy it has um brought me a lot of friendships and I have seen places I have traveled to places and I have had loads of lovely memories so thinking all this you know even it's raining outside and you feel tired after work you're like okay I can run you know, it's it's lovely, you know. I was going to ask, do you run alone or with friends? Because most of the time I see pictures, you always seem to be on your own. And you've just mentioned that there, that most of your training is solo. But what kind of a running support network do you have? Are you, are you actively running with members of your club? Or do you mostly do it by yourself? Um, well, our club is, is a bit... 
different. We don't have uh, many adult members. Now, I'm the only one, um, I can say, a mature runner. You're a young uh, adult. I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was the only one for a long time. Uh, there has been two males uh, joining us in the past year, which is great. And then we have a um, good few, uh, I see, early 20s. Um, excellent runners. We have one of them is actually going to the, I think, European Championships indoors. Is in, um, is it in? Oh, I don't know where it is, but it's in start of March now. Um, we have one fast lady there, and then we have a few young ones, which are developing very well, and then loads of kids. So, yeah, I run alone. I. I never had a coach, so I actually was totally solo runner for a long time. I just um, downloaded some uh, running apps and sketches uh, for my phone, and off I went. That was my my way of training. And then um, I was doing some speed training on Tuesdays in the UL, University of Limerick, um but that unfortunately stopped a year ago when uh, covid came along and then i i first time i got a coach for myself so he he has kept me kind of focused for the past year and uh, you know we've been uh, taking it easy but we've been kind of doing different stuff i would have done before so it's been interesting and um, it kind of taken the pressure off me thinking and planning what should I be doing because he he plans it for me. So it's kind of been good and it's kept the focus for the past year, which has been a good, good thing. <laughs> I'm wondering with the adult members, are you kind of scaring them off when they go to join and they find out some of the runs that you're doing? Does that kind of intimidate them? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. I, 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 when I joined, there was no adult members. So the two guys joined since me. I think it was the opposite. You do enough for the club. <laughs> yeah, they are actually marathon runners, them too. So they kind of realized, yeah, it's fine. It's fine if you love uh, longer distances. It's okay. But I think I, I, yeah, I think the town here knows that I'm the, crazy runner yes there she is again <laughs> bye, and bye. it's interesting that what you said there you haven't been following any real plan or using a coach and you've been using these apps on your phone and it kind of proves that if you really want to do something and you're willing to put the work in and be, and be sensible about it and proactive there probably is yeah. no no end to what you can achieve once you actually put the effort in and i think your story kind of proves that because you came from not running a marathon to almost the international ace for 24 hours and representing your country. Yeah, I think if, you, if you're if you logical, how, what do you need to do if you read stuff, uh, read into running? I mean, everything is out there in the internet. Um, all the information is out there. And then I, I suppose uh, when you are running distances, you need to know your own body and you need to recognize if you, for example, have tight muscles and if you feel you're getting pain somewhere, you have to look after yourself. You have to get your 
basics right, you know, proper nutrition and get the massages and make sure your shoes are okay. Yeah. And, you know, you have to look after yourself um, and then just listen to your body. I mean, that's the first thing. If you feel tired, if you've been doing a lot, maybe it's time to have a day off or, you know, have a otherwise a recovery day. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's hard sometimes to, if you're doing some hard training, it's hard to stop, you know, in the middle of the training if you think something is going wrong. Um, but, you know, you, you have to look after yourself. Yes, that's it. You have to be sensible. And I actually mentioned that in the conversation with Camille Heron uh, just recently. How do you know the difference between when to just toughen it out or when to stop because you have an injury? One will make you stronger and the other will break you. And you have to know what the difference is. And some people will get it in their head that it's it's a sign of weakness when you stop. But pain is a signal. Pain Pain is the body's way of telling you that something is wrong. And you have to be able to interpret that level of pain. Now, what has running taught you both from training and racing about your own endurance and personal limits? Yeah, I actually can go back to that pain and and my limits. Um, I think personally, I I don't think I have done the stuff I'm able to do. I think there is more things I, I would be able to do, which is scary in the sense that, you know, for many, even a marathon is uh, the ultimate thing. And we are talking about 24 hours. And I'm saying maybe that is not even where my limit is. But um, now last year we had no races at all uh, what to run. And I I think I was getting a bit of a cabin fever. So I decided to run 10 marathons in five days um here locally it's the five it's a 500 meter gravel loop and um i kind of wanted to do something and that was kind of also testing how i am you know as a runner now <laughs> again you have to sometimes do crazy things to realize that how crazy you are but uh the, unfortunately for the second day something went wrong in my ankle and my ankle started to uh, double the size of it. And I can handle pain, um, but this was a different kind of pain. Uh, I had few people telling me, there was few people coming to see me and there was a, um, there was actually one guy who is um, studying physiotherapy. He, he said to me, if, if you would be playing hurling, you will be sent home. You know, you you wouldn't be able to be on the on the field playing with that ankle. Um, but then I had two friends who are physiotherapists. They came along, and both of them said, "Paula, you know, you shouldn't run with it, but we know you will run with it." So, um, I mean, I don't take painkillers. I mean, the the pain was uh, unbelievable. That that's the only word, but I knew there was nothing broken in there. I just knew it was just um, ligaments were giving pressure. So, yeah, it's it's a scary feeling when everybody kind of thinks uh, this isn't good. You can't do it, and I start thinking myself, I can't do it. 
but I'm still saying to myself, yes, I can do it. And um, after everything, I did finish the 10. Um, it was low operation, <laughs> um, but I did finish the 10. Um, so it, it was a it was a mind opener, a different kind. And what will I do in the future? I don't know. Um, somebody needs to give me new ideas, I think, by this stage, because... <laughs> That was the craziest what I could think at that Well, there's time. another there's another word that should be included there that is shouldn't. It's one thing knowing you can't do something, but it's also then shouldn't. That just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it because you, as as a competing athlete, you you mm. sometimes need to be patient during times of inactivity and think of the future because you yeah. need to be race ready or ready to mm. become race ready. So. What you were doing there, I would say, okay, well, that's of lesser importance. Now, a problem being that you probably feel that I've told people I'm doing this, so I have to do it. Mm. But yeah. when you start to get those warning signs, that's when you need to know, okay, well, there's something more important than this in the future. I can't see it yet, but it will be there. Mm. So this is going to lead on to a, a question that I just kind of thought up there. Do you feel that your strength lies in your legs? So your strength, is your strength and your strength or is it in between your ears? Is it mental more than mental or physical? I think it's mental. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And here's the thing yeah. about mental strength is that when you reach a point like you just referenced there where you had a bit of a pain in your ankle, mm. the strength of your mind might be strong enough to actually make you push through that whereby the physical strength yeah. mightn't be strong enough to be able to cope with that. So it can be very mm. easy to bring your body to a breaking point. So Absolutely. I suppose there, there's lessons to be yeah. learned in all these things, isn't it? And, and that's how we learn mm. is through doing these things. And then you know, we, we try and apply the learnings in future training and races to actually make us improve and get better. What, in mm. your opinion, do you think makes a good ultra runner? Oh, that is a good question. It is a good I, question, I, but you're qualified to answer it. It is. It is a good question. I mean, when I look, Camille, uh, you know, we can see the talent, the physique, and also the strength of the mind, you know, and I I do believe, I uh, well, I... I, I have the same thoughts about training that you shouldn't maybe train too much you know you have to be smart with the training um smart with the mileage and also i think for many it it's well i can say myself a few times too it's all about the nutrition too how and you, you get your engine working right um that is one of the things um, we we hear it often that you know runners are getting sick and feeling bad. Um, it happens even for the best. So I think that is one of the things people forget is the getting the nutrition. Yes, and right. I'm glad, glad you mentioned yeah. that because nu nutrition can be a weakness, and it can yeah. be down to how you, how you apply nutrition also in training. 
Like you, yeah. I think you have to train your, your gut to be able to absorb the nutrients at, at different intensities. Mm. And you can't not try something in training and just expect it to work yeah. on the day of a race. And we have seen over the years mm. both so many yeah. races fail for the athlete yeah. because of the nutrition. And I think if yeah. your race goes wrong because of that, you really finish this heart and knowing that you didn't control all the controllables, that there was there's something yeah, something it, that went wrong that didn't need yeah. to go wrong. Yeah, it's so common mistake to be done. It's so common mistake. And it can be very hard and to come it, back from as well. If you get dehydrated yeah. or you, you totally yeah. run out of fuel, it can be very, very hard because you a lot of things go wrong because once once the engine starts uh, having problems, mm. that's it, your race can really be over. Yeah, and if if you don't get the nutrition, that's it. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It doesn't matter how conditioned you are or anything. If you can't get your st- energy back, that's it. Your the game is over. Now, as someone who is new enough to the sport, in that you you started running late in life and you really did start at the bottom, what advice would you give to someone starting out? and wanting to try an ultramarathon? I, I think they should go like I did. I mean, you go and see what you can do. Go and enjoy. Um, pick a race you like to go running. Um, pick something which uh, you think will be nice, you know, um, nice views. If you go 100k race somewhere where there's beautiful views or, you know, beautiful town or something which you will enjoy otherwise too um go with not too much expectations because if it's your first one it will be your best time um pb for for that so i mean you go and enjoy it you know honestly it's it's only way and if if you if it goes well if you want to do it better, you can always train more and go somewhere. But um, I think, I don't think it's that scary. You know, I know when you, if you haven't done something like that before, it can feel very daunting. But end of the day, I think, you know, do not be afraid of miles. It's The miles will not kill you. It's the, it's the speed. And... You know, if you keep that in your mind, you'll be fine. So use some specific training to get you ready for the race. Apply a strategy in the race and then maybe choose the race as an excuse or a reason to visit somewhere nice that you might not have visited otherwise. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I when I ran my 100k, um, the route went... Uh, past this beautiful beautiful uh, hill and when you went over it it was just the sea was glittering there sun was out it was so beautiful I actually cried when I saw it and it was the 50k mark only and I was (laughs) I had to really compose myself because it was so beautiful but I will never forget it you know it was amazing moment you know and um yeah these things you mentioned the hill there you mentioned the hill there with a good ending 
Do you have a quote or a mantra that you would sometimes use when the going gets tough or your motivation is starting to get low? No, not really. No, I don't. Um, I I think about my loved ones um, when when it gets tough going, and I I uh, I have a specific person who I think because um, that person gave me loads of strength, and when I think about that person, it it really gives me um, power and. You know, it's, um, but I don't have any mantras. No. That's good. Well you, well, you have something personal that, that gives you that fuel mm. when it's needed. That's good. And, and I suppose that goes to prove as well that you are still enjoying what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Actually getting to take part and compete is what is fueling yeah. your motivation. It does too. But um, yeah, I definitely like having goals and look, looking forward to it. You know, and um, and then you know, I I I enjoy the training too. It's uh, very enjoyable when you have a training blocks and you know you have nailed them. And then when you go to the race, it's just it's basically you prepared for it. So you're competing against yourself most of all. Um, obviously, if if there's something tight. Uh, competition with somebody you know we all know if it ends into that then it does but most of the time you're competing against yourself you know you can only control your own actions you can only control your own running so the competition is also all only within yourself really so before we finish up what are your future goals any races planned or in mind um i I'm hoping that something will come along soon. Um, I, I'm hoping uh, some small races will come along here in Ireland first. Um, I do have a ticket to uh, Edinburgh Marathon in May, but I, I don't know how things go. Um, hopefully during the summer we have something. Um, and then ultra running, hopefully. We might see in Romania, but um, obviously we see we see what happens with uh, the 24-hour race this yes. autumn. That's, and we, we hope mm. for the best now. If somebody wants mm. to follow your journey, uh, you are fairly active on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Um, I'm in Paula Wright 900, I think. Uh, Paula, Paula Wright Runner, I think I am. Yeah, I think so. I I do once in a while, uh, once twice a week, about post of my running there, and um, I'm on Facebook too, and um, yeah, but I more I more talk about running really in in Instagram, and um, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> okay, I'll put that. Uh, I'll put your Instagram details up in the show notes. So, Paula, thanks very much for your time and. All the best for the future. Thank you, John. Oh, thank you. And hopefully I see you soon. Yes. Now, if you enjoyed this or any of the other episodes, you might consider leaving a review or subscribing. Until the next time.